Today's daf is daf Samach uh, Tes. We are holding nine lines from the bottom of Samach Tes and We left off in the middle of a sugya yesterday. Let's do just a quick recap uh, and uh, of, of what's going on so we understand the segue into today's sugya. So we had a machlokas yesterday of Yochanan and Reish Lokish. And really the machlokas of Yochanan and Reish Lokish was predicated on previous machlokas that we've been discussing for the last couple of days. And the issue really was, is what is the impact of Yeyush? We know that by Aveda, the Torah says, based on Psukim, we have a machlokas and tells us what the source for it is, but a person is Meyayish, then the, oh, the person who finds the lost object does not have to return it anymore. That it's a transfer of ownership, loss of ownership when a person does use. The question was in Geneva, when a person stole it, where it came to his hand in an illegal way, what is the impact of Yeyush under such circumstances? And the one I brought down is that, uh, that according to uh, Rabbi Yochanan, is that Yeyush on its own does not... Transfer ownership. Yush, we have Yush with Shin Rishus, Yush with a small Misa, with a Shin Hashem, but Yush on its own does not do that, whereas Rosh Lakish held like the Shita of Rav that Yush on its own makes it belong to now the Ganav. And therefore, the, first of all, the couple of ramifications. The Ganav would now shecht it after Yush, would not be Chayav Da'al because he's shechting his own animal, according to Rish Lakish. Secondly, if the, when the Ganav is found, he does not have to return the item itself because he now owns the item. He only has to pay for the item, the financial responsibilities there, but not returning the item itself, which according to Rabbi Yochanan, in both cases, it's not completely belonging to the Ganav if there was Yush. He is Chayav Da'al He would have to return the object as is, even if there was Yush, according to the Shita of Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan had asked a, asked a question on Reish Lokish, and the, that's the, the Brysa right before we're going, to, we're going to lead into today, today's daf. He asked the question, as the Brysa says, that if somebody was Ganav, he stole something, the Higdish, the Achakach Tavach, so he, the, the way Rabbi Yochanan understood the Brysa is talking about the thief himself went and consecrated the item and then shechted it, he pays the Kefal, for the theft, but he doesn't have to pay Dalad Vehei because you don't pay Dalad Vehei to Hegdish. And once it was Makdish, it belongs to Hegdish, and therefore there is no Dalad Vehei. There's no Kefal by Hegdish, but there's no Dalad Vehei. That's the way Rabbi Yochanan understood it. Now, the Gemara says the, 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 Rabbi Yochanan's logic was that, in terms of his question, was how could he be Makdish it? What gives him an ability to go be Makdish something that, that he stole? So it had to be talking about there was Yush. So because there was Yush, he was able to be Makdishit, and when he's Makdishit, you have to get into, I'm not gonna get into the details of it, but the Yush plus the Hegdish with the Shin Hashem, Shin Roshos, that actually is effective, and now that he goes and he shechts it, his shechting something belongs to Hegdish, he doesn't have to pay double the hay. The original Kefal, he has to pay the owner. That, that's it. But what do you see that the Yush on its own cannot be effective on, independently, why? Because the only reason he says he doesn't have to pay the dollar of a hay over here was because he was mocked as shit. Implies that if he wasn't mocked as shit, then he would have to pay the dollar of a hay. But if it's a case where there was Yush, then according to Reish Lakish, why would he be paying dollar of a hay? You don't pay dollar of a hay if there was Yush according to him because it now belongs to the Ghanav. So you see that Yush doesn't work on its own independently to make it belong to the Ghanav. That was the question that Rabbi Yochanan asked Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish's response was, is that you don't have the case correct. Let me just shut the door here. 
The case is not correct. The case is not that the one who tried to be Makdashid was the Ganav. The case was that the Ganav stole it, therefore he now is high of Kefal. And the one that was Makdashid was the owner. The owner was Makdashid. It was still in the hands of the Ganav, but the owner was Makdashid. That's the case over here. So it's not, it's got nothing to do with use. There was no use over here. And the one is, once he's able to be Magdashit, so now the owner, homeowner was Magdashit. The Ganav then went and shechted it, but it comes out that now he's shechting something that belongs to Hedkes because the homeowner was Magdashit. That's why there's no Dalit Vehei. That, had he not been Magdashit, not talking about a case of use, he would have had to pay the Dalit Vehei to the owner, to the, to the, to the homeowner. That's how Reis Lokish was able to wiggle out of the question. But then the Gemara left us with another question, as we know that Rabbi Yochanan Shita, we'll see what Reish Lokish Shita is, but Rabbi Yochanan Shita was that you can only be Magdish something if you have, there's got to be two, uh, there's two, two stipulations. Number one, it has to be yours. Number two, it has to be in your control. If you can, it's not in your control, you cannot be Magdashid. So our question was, the way Reish Lokish is learning the case is that the Ghanav, it wasn't the Ghanav being Magdashid, the Ghanav stole it, which was Mechav and Kefal, but the homeowner was the one that's Magdashid. Now it wasn't in his control anymore. The Ghanav took it, so how could he be Magdashid? That was the question we left off yesterday. How could he be Magdashid if it's not in your control? So the Bnei Yeshiva answered, that's what we're picking up today. What must Reish Lokish have to say? How could he say you could be Magdashid if it's not yours? So Amri, the one says that Hud is that what you have to say, Rish Lokish, who is ruling that in this Brisa you could be Maktish, even though it wasn't in your control, is that even though he might agree with Rabbi Yochanan, could be even agree with Rabbi Yochanan, that halacha could be you can't be Maktish something unless it's in your control, but it's a machlokas tanoim. We're going to see tanoim debate this issue. We'll see uh, Rabbi Yochanan can't argue with the tan- with, with Tana, but he must obviously has tanoim on his side, but the Brisa, the, the Brisa that Rabbi Yochanan was asking for him is going like the tznuim, like the discreet ones. The ones that are discreet, the ones that was, was very sensitive in terms of halacha, not only for themselves, but for others as well. Now we're going to learn what does the Mishnah tell us? The Mishnah tells us as follows is that Kerem Ravai, that's a vineyard in its fourth year, the halacha is you're, you, that you're allowed to eat the payros, but they have to be taken up to Yerushalayim to be eaten or at least redeemed and then taken up. So uh, in the, uh, the first three years it's Orla, you're not allowed to eat from that vine. The fourth year you are. Now, we're talking about a situation over here, we'll see a little bit more of it later on, but the case is talking about that a guy, a homeowner, has uh, these vineyards, and they're fourth year, can revive vineyards. And um, he, he is concerned that passerby might not realize that this vineyard is a Kerem Revive vineyard and they'll go eat from it and they ostensibly they're eating like Maiser Shani. They're eating from things that something that has not been redeemed and they'll, they'll, they'll be over an Isser, even though they don't intend it, but they don't realize. And he did, so to protect them, the, the, the homeowners from the people that call themselves Tsunuim, they're very sensitive and co- concerned about Averas not being done. What they would do is that they would put money aside and say, that if, in fact, passerbys had taken anything from my vineyards, that what they have taken should be redeemed, and thereby what they're having eating now is chulin, and they would not be violating having my sashani or kerem, or revai, which is like my sashani, they would not be eating that. That's what the tznuim would do. Now, the choro, the Mu'ara's understanding right now is that 
the idea to be, be able to redeem something means you're able to effectuate some, something of your property. There's no difference whether you can be makdishid, be redeemed, we can even see be mafkir, even to make something hefkir, is you have to be completely reviewed, viewed as the owner to be able to do it. Now, if in fact it was already, let's say in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, a passerby took a, a, a basket full of grapes, at, 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 at five o'clock in the afternoon, the homeowner comes and he's afraid that somebody might have taken, and he says, whatever was taken, I'm redeeming onto the, the $20 that I have here. But it's no longer in his control. The, the, the guy already took it. What do you see that Snoim hold? That Snoim hold that you can effectuate, you can impact on the status of your item, even if you're not in control anymore. So says the Gemara that, that, that the question that we're asking on Reish Lakish, that how could the owner make it hectic in the, uh, in, in the domain of the thief? I, Rabbi Yochanan, taught us that in order to make something hectic, it has to be both Rishuso and it has to be Shalom, Shalom, and Rishuso means, but it has to be in your control. So how could he do it? Answer is that this Brisa is not going like the Halacha of Rabbi Yochanan, but it's following the Tznuim that you could make something, uh, effectuate uh, uh, something over your money, even if you're not in control of it. Where do we see that? The Tznuim, the Tznuim are able to be poda grapes that they no longer have, that the passerbys have, and they can still be potent. So that's how we can get out of it. That's what the Bnei Shiva answering. So who the Amr could snuin? The Amr, it's not, we learned in the Mishnah, would put aside money, in, if, let's say five o'clock in the afternoon, anything was picked today, from this vineyard, should be redeemed on the money that I'm putting down, making it chulin, so what they're eating now is chulin and not, uh, not, not uh, kerem revive. Says the Gemara like this, one second. So if you're telling me, let's see, the case according to Yochanan is, uh, according to Yishlokish was, is that the thief stole it, okay? Now, the thief stole it, the thief, as is, if the thief would be found out, the thief has to pay the owner the item plus kefal, fine, got it. What happened was, the oh, and if he would have shechted it, he would have had to pay down the hay. Comes along the owner, and the owner says, I am making this hegdish, which we just said, going like it's new in, becomes hegdish. Now that the thief goes and shechts it, Okay, so now the thief goes ahead and shechts it. So now he's not shechting really what belongs to the owner anymore, it belongs hektish, doesn't have to pay the dalad vehei. But the Gemara's question is, is that kefal, we're gonna see this, this is the way Rashi explains this, that kefal you only have to pay if you are found with the item. You are the gneva, you are found with the gneva, then Basin will assess the kefal against him. You're found red-handed with the gneva, then you have to pay the kefal. But if, the, if for some reason the gneva is not within your uh, domain, let's say you returned it, or, or, or we're not going to assess a kefal if it's no longer in your, if, if it's already been, don't, uh, let's say, returned or something that we're not aware of. So, but the more saying is that, that, but if you're telling me that the homeowner actually made it hegdish, the way Rashi's Masbur, the homeowner already made it hegdish, it comes out that now the status of the stolen item is in whose domain? If the homeowner made it hegdish, whose domain is it considered to be? Not the owner. The owner doesn't have it. The, the thief had it. But the if the owner is able to make it hegdish, then now who's really who's whose is it at this point? 
the first deed. It belongs to Hegdish. No. The, uh, Hegdish owns it. It belongs now to oh. Hegdish. If it belongs to Hegdish, now that he's found to be the thief, the based in won't assess careful in such a situation. The bride says he has to be careful to the homeowner. No, it's considered as if the homeowner really took it back. How's, why is it considered like the homeowner really took it back? Because he went and made it hegdish. If it's considered like he took it back and he made hegdish, there won't be an assessment of careful. If that's the case, then how can you understand the bride? The bride says that the thief has to pay careful. Why would he have to be careful? It's no longer considered found in his hand. That's, that's the way Raj explains the kasha. So why is it like this? Says the Gemara of Arei Chazer Ken Lebailim, the fact that the homeowner was able to make it hegdish, does that not mean that it is now considered as if the homeowner took possession of it, makes it hegdish, it now belongs to hegdish because of the homeowner, so therefore it's not considered to be found in the hand of the thief anymore. So therefore, if so, why would they be careful? That's, that's, that's how Rashi explains it. So Gemara says, I'll tell you what happened over here. We don't have the exact details. But what happened is that... The Adim did not, the Adim showed up and said, this guy's the thief. And this guy was taken to court, all right? He was really taken to court. <clears throat> and only after he was taken to court and there was a verdict, then the homeowner went and was mocked to shit. Now that changes the dynamic because since there already was a verdict before the homeowner was mocked to shit, based in already assessed the kafel. So already careful was already assessed. So there has to be a careful in this case. Now that the homeowner goes ahead and mocked it, doesn't affect the assessment. Their verdict of careful was already given. So that's why there's careful. I, he hadn't given it back yet. He went and shechted it. Doesn't mean there's no, there's no dollar of a head. Because at this point he's shechting something that belongs to Hegdish, not shechting something that belongs to the homeowner. That's what the Gemara wants to answer. So Gemara says, Kishamad Bedin, that the person already was sued in court. Now we're going to learn right now, and I think it's the way today in, 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 uh, in most court cases, civil cases as well, the, uh, I, not only just civil, I think in all cases, there's actually in court, the, the, uh, the verdict is divided into two parts. There is the uh, verdict of guilty, not guilty, are you held liable, not liable, and then later there's another, uh, there's a judgment that's made, means now how much do you have to pay? Or in the case of a cap, how long are you going to be in jail? Or how long, or what is it? Is it a capital offense? Are you, are you executed? It means there's two, the, in, in, the, in the verdict, there's two parts. There is the, uh, the, there's the verdict and then there's the judgment, right? Is that clear, Adam? Uh, verdict and then called sentencing. But I or judgment. I, we have a judgment, it's the, the, the same thing. Right, you're mixing civil and criminal. Yeah. Right, okay, but in civil, I mean, I, but I think they also do that. I don't know. There's like they, they, they found guilty, but then they can have another, they get back and find out how much now are you going to have to pay, or in case of, of, of criminal, what the, what, what the courts are going to uh, sentence the person sentence. for. All right, either way, so the point where one wants to know, well, you're telling me that the hegdish only took place after the verdict, that's how come you have to pay the careful. What part of the verdict had happened already? Right? Now, the, 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 the two parts, the way the Gemara describes it is, uh, is, the, is that's the, the sentencing or the judgment. You now have to go pay him. The thief has to go pay. That's called, that's like the final judgment. If it, that's called setenlo. Chayavatalitenlo means you're obligated 
But they haven't really said exactly that you have to go and pay. You're just obligated. So was it Chayva Talitin Lo, which was the, the, uh, the verdict? Or is it Setein Lo, which was the judgment the, or the sentencing? Which, what part happened previ- prior to the homeowner making it hectic? That's what the Gemara wants to know. So Gemara says like this, Echidami, Lo, if it already, the, 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 the sentencing already took place, so then the Chora, then we don't understand. The one is going to ask as follows. The, the reading of the Brysa was that the thief doesn't have to pay Dalit Vehei. Why doesn't the thief have to pay Dalit Vehei? Because what he shechted belonged to the Beis Amigdash now. And there's no, there's no Dalit Vehei to the Beis Amigdash. It became Kadosh, right? Uh, so, but he does have to pay the Kefal. He has to pay the Kefal to the original person because that was already assessed that he has to pay the Kefal. Fine. But if the case is that that happened, then one wants to know, that then, uh, if it already was at, at Setain set Law, that you have to, that part of the judgment already been done, that at that point, even if he hadn't consecrated, if he had not consecrated, but based in already got to the point where that we have the final verdict is you need to go give back the item. Means the item, everything was, we have concluded, not that you're obligated, exactly what you have to pay. We know you have the animal, you gotta go give the animal back, plus pay the kefal. If it, re- if it reached that point, and now he goes and shechts it, l'chorah, he would not pay Dalit Behe for that either. Because now once we've had the final verdict and it's been assessed that he has the animals, the way Raj explains it, if he has the animal and he would go shecht it, the, the case of the Gneva is already over. That, that's done. Your shechting would be considered to be a new act. Your shechting would be considered an act of not Gneva anymore, but it would be considered Gzela. Why would we consider Gzela? Because we know you have the animal. Once we know you have the animal and you shecht it, of course there's no Dalit Vehe. There's no Dalit Vehe because Gzela doesn't have Dalit Vehe. There's no Kefal by Gzela either. What the one is asking if the sentencing was already done, that the case of the Gneva is over, now if you go, go, you don't need to make it Hegdish to Potter from Dalit Vehe. Even if you hadn't made it Hegdish to be no Dalit Vehe, because it's the Gneva case is over, this would be a new case of Gzela. That's question. So my area Hikdish, why do you have to discuss the case of Hikdish? I feel a little even if you hadn't been Magdish. We also would not have to pay uh, have to pay Dal Vehe. To Amar Rabba, because Rabba said Setain low, if the verdict was Setain low so far, that said, I mean, the verdict was sorry, Setain low, that, the, that there's a case that where you are now been assessed exactly what you have to give and go give it back and you have to pay a kefal on top of it. So then Tavachamachar, if at this point the thief was, was, was defiant, and instead of giving the animal back, he went and shechted it. Potter, he would not have to pay Dalit Vehe on that. My time, what's the reason? Came with the Pascual Milsa, since the original case, the original Gneva has ceased. It's over, it was done, there's really a, a final verdict on it. So therefore, Betavachamacher, now that he goes and shechts it, that's considered to be, if he shechts and sells it, it's a new act. And that's uh, Havale Gaza, and that's considered act of Xela, and Xela does not have Dalit Vehe, doesn't have Kefal either. But if all that had been was we know you're liable. We know that we, you were seen stealing it. How much and what and whether you have the animal to give back or not hasn't been determined yet. That's going to have it the final judgment. That hasn't been determined. And you went now and shechted it. The Gneva case is not over yet. So then you be Misham Tashlomar Vechamisha. So therefore, my time, what's the reason? Because 
Shiva the Lip Oscar Mills, because it's not been completed yet, the case is not ended, so therefore Akati Ganav is still under status of being a Ganav, so therefore we have to pay Dal Vahey. So our question over here is you're telling me the reason why this KFO is because the assessment because because the verdict was over. If the verdict was over, then the Chorah in such a situation, why would you uh, if, if the if the so as if the verdict was over completely, then why would you have to say that it's no Dalit Vahey because it was because of the of, of the, the Hegdish. Even without the Hegdish, we just saw from Rava you wouldn't pay Dal Vahey. So what it says like Tzricha, no, the case is talking about the case wasn't that you uh, that 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 the verdict was completely over and the assessment had already been made, the judgment's already been made, there was only a verdict of that you're high of to do it. That is why you had to um, that's the reason why, why you had to pay. But not, but, but, but that's the reason why the Kneva wasn't over yet. And therefore, if it wasn't for the Hegdish, you would have had to pay Dalit Vehei. All right. So if they've, if they've given him a judgment, but they haven't given them the amount. No, the judgment is the amount. The call, let's not mix apples and oranges. They've given a verdict, but they hadn't given a judgment. Okay. All right. All right. Gufa. All right, this itself was just mentioned. If somebody stole, but the owner had not yet uh, had use, that item cannot be consecrated by either party. So if it was stolen without there being use, neither party can, uh, can, can be makdished. The thief, because it doesn't belong to him, and the zel of and the owner, because according to Rabbi Yochanan, if you don't have control over it, it, it's like lacking ownership of it, and therefore you're not able to because you don't have it in your control. All right, that that's what Rabbi Yochanan said before. If the person was meyayish, then the use together with the shina rishus of the hegdish or the shina hashem of the hegdish, depending on how you learn, then you would be able to the thief would be able to mantish it in such a case. Now, Rabbi Yochanan really hold that if you don't have it in your control, that you're not considered to be, it lacks in your ownership and you cannot consecrate something. So the first step in the question is, Rabbi Yochanan throughout Shas holds that if Rabbeinu HaKadosh brought down something in a Mishnah anonymously without attributing a name to it, that means Rabbeinu HaKadosh was telling me that this is the halacha, and therefore Rabbi Yochanan would say that's the halacha. So an anonymous statement in the Mishnah means that's the halacha, number one. But Tanah, number two, we have a Mishnah, the Mishnah we talked about before, of the Tznuim. What does it say in Masech Shabbos? It brings down is that Kerem Ravai, that a person who is a farmer that has Kerem Ravai to ensure that people know don't eat from these grapes because they have to be either redeemed or taken to Yerushalayim. They would encircle it, they would surround it, uh, identify the space with clods of earth. Simona, that what was the sign? Ki adama, it's like earth. Ma adama, just as earth. Ika hanamina, that if you work it, you work it, you plow it, you 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 seed it, you can get benefit eventually from it. Avhainami, the produce here, you can't use right away, but if you do the right things, Ikim Africa, when you redeem it, surely you'll be allowed to use it. Either redeem it or take it into Rushalim. So therefore that's why they used earth to circle it. That was the sign that this is Karam Ravai. 
right? So the Shari Sanuya you know, you're allowed to get benefit from it. Now, if it was Arlo, which means the first three years where there's no benefit at all, you cannot use it at all, you can't take the Shalayim, so Bechar says they would break it with broken down pottery or broken down tiles, Rashi says, broken pieces of, of tile. Simona Kachar says, it says a sign like these broken pieces. Machar says these pieces, Shayna no Mina, there's no more benefit, nothing can be used for tiles that are broken, what are you going to use them for? So it's the sign over here, this is Arla, and you cannot get any benefit, there's no uh, eventual benefit from these items. So Kavaras, if the area was they were trying to tell the Kohanim, don't go here because they're dead bodies and the area is Matama, then Basid, they would break, they would surround it with, with, with plaster. Plaster with white plaster that would surround it. Simonat the Chivar Katsomos. And the sign that they would notify that it's a, it's, a, it's a burial place because it's white like bones. People read, this is a burial place, there are bones here. And they would mix it very well before they spilled it around the area. By mixing it, it actually caused it to shine brighter. It would be even brighter, so it would be a good sign for people to notice that this is a burial area. Stay out of it if you don't want to become Tommy. Now, Amar Shimon Gamaliel continues with the, this is the, uh, the Mishnah in Shabbos. Shimon Gamaliel says, like this. This idea that you want to circle off an area that is Kerem Ravai to stop people from eating the grapes that might not realize that it's Kerem Ravai so they won't be over in Isser. He says that I take issue with the Tanakama on that. Why? Because like this. If this is in my domain, this is in my Rishus, right? And what am I worried about? A guy wanders into my rishus and starts picking my grapes, a trespasser, he's stealing. Right, what, I'm gonna go ahead and make a simon that he should real, oh, you're gonna steal, don't steal from this bunch, but steal from the other bunch. Let him strangle and let, let him choke on what he's eating. What do I care that he, the only time I would sign, I would make a simon that, they, that there's a simon made is if it's Shemitah. Why? If it's Shviyas, then it's different. Why is it different if it's a Shviyas year? What do you think? A Shviyas year, every it's a hefker during the Shemitah year. No, the Karen Revai is not hefker. The Karen Revai is still problems. But the reason why it's different in Shemitah year is because they have a right to walk into the field because they can eat the other payers. So during the Shemitah year, I understand identifying the area that don't eat from here because they're not trespassing, they're not stealing. But if it's a non-Shemitah year, says Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, I don't, I'm not doing anything to help this guy. So when would we mark off the Kerem Ravai if it's a Shviz year, the Hefkaninu, because it's Hefker and they have a right to walk in. Except for the Kerem Ravai, the Kerem Ravai would not be Hefker and there'll be a problem with it, so don't eat it. But the rest of the seven of the uh, the, 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 the cycle of seven years, feed it to the Russia and let him die with it. I'm going to go tell him, don't over the Isra, eat from different part of my property. Huh, now, the Tznuin would put aside money. They say they would go a step more, more than just identifying it, they would actually redeem it to ensure that if it had been picked, there would be no problems. That anything that was taken from my Kerem Ravai vineyard should be redeemed on this money, so it's chulin that the person should not be over the Isser. Now, Lechorah, what's the problem here? The Gemara assumes that this last line, that the, this is what the Tznuin did, that's associated with the Tanakama. So Tanakama says, even through the seven years, all seven years, they would identify and mark it off, 
And the Tanakh comes saying, and the Tznuim went to this, a, 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 a level higher. Not only did they mark it up, but what did they do? They actually redeemed what was taken so the person should not be over an Isser. Now, the one is understanding here, we just said before in Reish Lakish, that the Tznuim don't agree with Rabbi Yochanan. Because Rabbi Yochanan says, in order to effectuate something on your money, you have to be in control of it. Which means the Chorah, how could the Tznuim redeem it if it was no longer in their, in their, in their Rishos? Obviously, that disagrees with Rabbi Yochanan. But the Tznuim, if that's a, an extension to the Tanakhama, which is an anonymous statement in a Mishnah, what did we say Rabbi Yochanan says about an anonymous statement in a Mishnah? If that's the halacha, then Rabbi Yochanan is contradicting himself. On one hand, he's paskening like the Atanakama, who tells you what the Tznuim did, which means you don't have to be in control of your money to be able to redeem it. And yet, Rabbi Yochanan before brought down a drosha, is that you cannot make something hegdish because you cannot effectuate something over your money if you're not in control of it. We have a contradiction within the shita of Rabbi Yochanan. So what it says like this, so maybe you'll tell me that that last line of the Tznuin was not attaching itself to the Tanakama. It's actually going on who? On the words of Rab Shimon ben Gamliel. Now why would that, at, this, at face uh, value, why would that help us? Because then it could be the Tanakama held, you can't do what the Tznuim are doing, because you cannot do pigeon if you don't, ha- if you don't control it. Rab Shimon Gamliel is saying you could, but Rabbi Yochan is not forced to hold like Rab Shimon Gamliel, because Rab Shimon Gamliel is a named mensch, a named Tana in a Brisa. He doesn't have to paskin like a named Tana in a Brisa. Right, you with me? Who is the author of the statement that's new in? That's going like Rabshim Gamliel, skip the parentheses. There's a different problem. Now we have another problem because we have another rule. One rule was you pass like a star Mishnah. But there's a second rule. Rabbi Yochan himself held of the second rule. Whenever you find Rabshim Gamliel's name associated with halacha in our Mishnayis, halacha kamosa, the halacha follows him, except in three cases. Except there's a case of, uh, of, of, of a co-signer. The question is, can you go to the co-signer before you go to the principal? There's a machlokas, Rashim Gamliel Chachamim, and the Tzidon was a get that was given in Tzidon. There was a machlokas concerning such a get. And Raya Chrona is talking about that with the case was closed, and now you bring, uh, you bring proof. Uh, there's two cases over there. The Raya is the second case. In the second case in Sanhedrin, they argue that Allah does not follow up Shem Gamliel. Those are the three cases that Allah doesn't follow up Shem Gamliel. But everywhere else, including here, if Rab Shimon Gamliel was the one who made the statement of the Tznuin, then the Halach would go like Rab Shimon Gamliel. When Rab Yochanan would have to say, go like Rab Shimon Gamliel. Still a steer in Rab Yochanan. So, if the, the statement of the Tznuin were made by the Tanakhama, the Stam Mishnah, then Rab Shimon Gamliel should be, then Rab Yochanan should be passing like it. If they tell me that the Tanakhama don't agree with it, but it was a statement made by Rab Shimon Gamliel, but Rab Yochanan says we pass him like Rab Shimon Gamliel, except for three cases in Shas, the Halach and the Mishnahis go like Shimon Gamliel. And that Allah of the Tznuin contradicts Rabbi Yochanan's position that you cannot be Makdashit if you don't have control over something. You cannot be Makdashit, you cannot be Podit, you cannot be Mafkirit. So the problem over here is we have a contradiction within the Shita of Rabbi Yochanan. So the Gemara says like this because of the difficulty of this problem, we have to change exactly what the Tznuim said. Right now, our understanding is that at the end of the day, the Tznuim would make a statement anything that had been picked 
I'm redeeming, which creates the problem, because how can you effectuate a pidgin over something that you no longer control the item? So we said that that's what the, not what the Tznuim hold. The Tznuim don't hold kolanilkad. That means they hold that at the beginning of the day, before the, 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 the passerbys would come by, they said anything that will be picked, we're redeeming that will work retroactively from now. We don't know what they're going to pick, but when they pick, whatever that is, retroactively become redeemed from now. Now that relies on a mechanism known as Breira. Breira. Very good, Adam. That requires a Breira. So therefore, the Tznuim are not relying on it being Magdish or being, ma- or, or being a pot or something that you don't control. They're actually, they're doing it on something that you do control. But you have to now say that the Tznuim are relying on the mechanism of Breira. But that's the shot in the Tznuim. Now there's no contradiction in the laws of God being Magdish or effectuating something over money that you don't control because they're doing it at a time where they do control it. Don't say shot in the tznuim. If even if it's Rashi and Gamliel, don't say it's called nilkad. Anything that will be picked, still in my control, I can do it. But you have to then rely on Breira. Then what it says like this: means anything that will be picked from this vineyard. Frag digmora like this: hachi. Is it possible that Rabbi Yochanan, in this version of the Tznuin, could pass in like the Tznuin? We know that there another another situation that Rabbi Yochanan, when he saw the position of the Tznuin, he said that the Tznuin, uh, which by the way are, are t- 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 would have the level of Tanoim, it's in the Mishnayos, they held like the position they uh, they and 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 Rabbi Dosa are of the same mind. Now, what did Rabdosa say? Now, based on what Rabdosa said, we're going to see, you can't say that the Tznuim are relying on Breira. It's actually the Tznuim are doing it at the end of the day, relying on the fact that you could be potus something that you don't have any control. What did Rabdosa say? Now, Rabdosa, clearly we're going to see Rabdosa, he held that the Tznuim, that the diversion is not of what will be picked, but the, 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 the version is Nilkat, what was picked Kama, the son who learned in Abraisa. The Machlokas over here between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabdosa is how can you protect the passerbys? Um, uh, as actually, the Machlokas of Yehuda and Rabdosa is not talking about Kerem Ravai. They were dealing with a different issue, but it's a similar issue. They were dealing with a situation like this. There is, in the laws of uh, leket. Leket means that if you drop uh, two or uh, two, uh, one or two stalks in your field, you shouldn't go back and pick them up. Who should you leave them for? The aniyim, for the poor people. Right. Now, if you drop three, then it doesn't have a din of leket, and the aniyim are not allowed to pick it up. So now the problem was that that the 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 uh, that aniyim weren't so clear about the halacha. So it's very possible that a three were dropped. Aniyim think that it's theirs because they found it for they found a drop. But really, halachically, this doesn't have a din of leket because leket's only if two stalks were dropped, not three. So this brisa talks about that there were also there were people that wanted to protect the aniyim from a gzela, from stealing something without meaning to. So what did they do? So Rabbi Yehuda Omer Shachris in the morning, the malabais, the homeowner would say. That whatever the Aniyim pick up today, thinking that it's Leket, I'm being Mafkirit. I'm giving up my ownership of it, so they're not over, uh, they're not going to be over uh, Gezeilo. Because I am right now making the announcement 
that in the morning what will be, now that clearly relies on Breira because you don't know what they're going to take, but nevertheless, whatever they will take retroactively, they'll be Hefker and there's no problem of Gzela. Rabdosa Omer, Rabdosa says you don't do it in the morning. He doesn't hold up Breira. He says the only way it works is if you know exactly what it was that they took. I mean, you don't have to actually know, but, we, but it's already known. They took what they took. So he says, Leitute Erev, towards nightfall, when it's getting close to nightfall, Omer kol shalaktu aniyem hayom yehei hefker. Whatever the aniyem took today, that will be considered hefker. But what do you see? Rabdosa holds that you're effectuating something that was taken already. That's the pshat Rabdosa, which means Rabdosa holds that you can effectuate something on your money even though you're no longer in control. The fact that Rabbi Yochanan said that the Tznuim and Rabdosa are of the same opinion, the Amr Dover Echad, you cannot change pshat in the Tznuim that we had right now that you want to protect the passerbys, that the Tznuim were, not say, were saying not on what happen, but what will happen, what will be taken, not what was taken. We wanted to change that to make it conform with Rabbi Yochanan, because Rabbi Yochanan says you can't say on what was taken because you're not in control anymore. So we said, oh, the Tznuim don't hold on what was taken, they hold on what will be taken. But the fact that Rabbi Yochanan said that Tznuim hold like Rabdosa, and Rabdosa clearly is talking about on things that were taken, not things that will be taken. So it comes out that you can't say that Pshat and the Tznuim is the way we want to say Pshat to conform to Rabbi Yochanan. So Mora says, this is a very difficult problem, and because of this, we have to switch around. Now, the Mora is going to give us an insight of why we're able to switch around, but we have to switch around to the Machlokas Rabdosa and Rabbi Yehuda by the case of the Leket to protect the Aniyim, switch around. Apok Rabbi Yehuda, Rabdosa, Rabdosa, Rabbi Yehuda. So it comes out that actually Rabbi Yehuda was the one that said what was taken. Uh, by the Aniyim should be Hefker, whereas Rabbi Dosa was the one that says, what will be taken will be Hefker, which comes out that Rabbi Dosa now is holding, espousing the, the Breira, and then you can say that we make the change in our Mishnah, in the Mishnah we just had by Shabbos, of the Tznuin, we don't have to say Shanilkat, uh, uh, we can change also what will be taken, but now Rabbi Yochanan is saying they both hold of the same thing, which means they both hold of Breira, but you're effectuating either the case of Pidyan or the case of Hefker on something that will be, not on something that was, and that conforms with Rabbi Yochanan's ability that you can do and effectuate a Hektish only on something that's in your possession, not on something that is no longer in your possession. So Mara says like this, the problem is as follows. So Mara wants to know like this, you have a problem here. We want to make Rabbi Yochanan conform. So we have that, that Rabbi Yochanan said that Rabdos and the Tznuim are like-minded. The problem is that doesn't work out in the Machlokas, Rabdos and Rabbi Yehuda. So we flip around the Mishnah, Rabdos said one, oh, it was, it was a bright, it was a bright, I don't know where that is. Uh, where is that Vov? Uh, Tosefta. We switch around the Tosefta. It was a Brisa. We switch around. What? Reverse the Brisa. Right. We switch around in the Brisa, the Shita of those of Yehuda. Says tomorrow, why do that? Let's leave it the way it is. And instead, let's flip around the words of Rabbi Yehuda, of Rabbi Yochanan. Instead of Rabbi Yochanan saying that Tznuim hold like Rabdosa, that Rabdosa and the Tznuim said one thing, let's say that really the miscommunication is we didn't get it correctly. And Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yochanan actually said that the Tznuim 
And Rabbi Yehuda said one thing. So we don't have to flip it around in the Brisa, just change what it is that Rabbi Yochanan said. And then it still will align that basically he's going like the opinion that holds a Brera as opposed to the opinion holds that you can effectuate something on your money even though you no longer control it. That's what the Moor is asking. So the Eimah, let's just say, Avchus Rabbi Yochanan, switch around Rabbi Yochanan, the Eimah and say, Tznuim Rabbi Yehuda, Amr Dabra Yechad, Tznuim Rabbi Yehuda that said one thing. Right? Amri lo sagi. So when it says, let's give us an insight why we're able to flip around the brysa. It's not enough not to switch around the brysa. You have to switch around the brysa for a different reason. Because the way the brysa reads, the Machlokas of and Rabdosa, it comes out of Yehuda's espousing the position of Breira. We know that Yehuda does not hold a Breira. Since we know Yehuda doesn't hold a Breira, we see that's a mistake there. So the one, the, the, the case to switch around is Rabdosa and Yehuda. We don't switch around what Rabbi Yochanan said, but we have to switch around for a different reason. So once you're switching around, therefore we switch it around. Rabdos is now the one who holds a Breira of what will be. And then in, in the case of the Tznuim, we also said to make it conform with Rabbi Yochanan, if the Tznuim case was not on what was taken by the grapes that were taken by the passerbys, but on what will be taken, both relying on Breira, and then Rabdosa and the Tznuim are saying the same thing, and it's not a contradiction to Rabbi Yochanan's Shita on Hegdish. So Gemara says like this, Right, so, so it's inside. So you can't get away without flipping around the Bryce anyway. To Bahamat Nisa Ketani, because the way we have it is that it's taught that, that, that Islay, that Rabbi Yehuda Breira, Rabbi Yehuda, what he hold in the Bryce? You have to hold a Breira. But Shma'in and Leila, Rabbi Yehuda, we know Rabbi Yehuda, the Alma in general, is the Leisle Breira. He does not hold of Breira. What's the fancy terminology for, base, for Breira? The article terminology is what? Um, how do they translate the word Breira? What's the word, Adam, for Breira? I'm, I'm seeing Breira here. I don't see the word. Don't there, there, there's something that's it's, uh, retroactive uh, determination or something like that. Anyway, this nine, where do we see that Rabbi Yehuda does not hold a Breira? We had these cases a number of times yeah. already in Shas. What's retroactive All right. So we had a number of times in Shas. It says like this, a guy shows up to a city of Kusim. At the time, there was no Xerah to drink the wine of Kusim, but the problem is the Kusim did not take separate Trumas and Maestros. Erev Shabbos, you want to have wine for Kiddush, and all you have from them is this barrel. You bought a barrel with a hundred lug of wine that has not had Trumas and Maestros separated from it, and you don't have time to go finding smaller barrels to pour in the amount that you need to do to be able to drink Kiddush, but it hasn't had separated Trumas and Maestros. So what do you do? So some of the stuff you can do mentally. A person purchased a, a wine from the Kusim and you have this large barrel of 100 lug. So you say like this. The first thing you have to worry about is uh, truma. Truma is 2%. So you say like this. You, mentally you designate somewhere in the barrel the two lugim that I will eventually separate from now and truma. They're considered to be truma. So, right. Now, asara. 10 lugim of that barrel, it's not exactly true, if it's 98, it'll be 9.8, but anyway, roughly 10 of it, it'll be Maisa Rishon, all right, now if you're going down to 90, 10% of that for your Maisa Shani will be, uh, that I don't have to do mentally, because I can say that it's Mechulal on my money that I have in my house. Nine, uh, therefore, Maisa Shani, nine, uh, nine uh, lugim of Maisa Shani. Umechal and you redeem it, and now you can drink it, you can use it for Kiddush and drink from this barrel. 
Demiad right away. Div Rav Meir. That's the sheet of Rav Meir. So Rav Meir holds, you can go ahead and do it. Now remember, this is relies on Breira. Because you don't know when you have to leave enough at the end to be able to do it. But you don't know which Lugim are going to be left at the end. So you basically, whatever's left at the end, this is what is going to become my Truma. That's going to become my Maiserishon. So it relies on Breira. The three Tanoim now. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yosin, Rabbi Shimon. Oisrim, they prohibit from doing it. Now the Gemara understands why, why are they Oisrim? Because they don't hold a Breira. So you see Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold a Breira. So fact Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold a Breira, we are forced to switch Rabbi Yehuda with Rabdosa. So that's why when Rabbi Yochanan says Rabdosa and the Tznuim say the same thing, it makes sense to say that Tznuim are not talking about on what was done, but what will be done, because now the way you switch it, make Rabbi Yehuda not hold a Breira, Rabdosa holds a Breira, and the Tznuim now hold a Breira, that aligns, and now you have no contradiction with Rabbi Yochanan. So one says, still have a problem. Saif, saif, bottom line. So what made you switch around the Brisa, the Tosefta, with Rabbi Yosa and Rabbi Yehuda? Because you didn't want to have a contradiction in the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. It's Mashmi holds a Breira, whereas we know throughout Shas, he does not. But Hash, the Nami, because Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan. But now you're going to be stuck with that the way Rabbi Yochanan comes out is that he's saying, he's explaining the Pshat in the Tznuin and in the Chachamim, and he's paskening like the Tznuin because it's going like the Sheet of Shim Gamliel, which is the Halacha, or it's going like the Stam Mishnah, which is the Halacha. He comes out that Rabbi Yochanan has to hold a Breira because the Tznuin are holding a Breira the way we're switching it around. So that means that Rabbi Yochanan is paskening like the Tznuin, he holds a Breira. We're going to show you that we have proof that Rabbi Yochanan does not hold a Breira. Says the Mara the Chora, so Kash Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, because, uh, now that you're saying that the ripe shot in the Tznuin, don't say Nilkat, something that, that was taken, because that doesn't work according to Rabbi Yochanan, because you can't effectuate something on money you don't have in your possession. So they say the shot in the Tznuin, we're saying is that which will be taken. So Alma Isle Breira comes out that Rabbi Yochanan's paskening that you hold a Breira. I'm going to show you that Rabbi Yochanan himself holds the Alocha, we don't hold a Breira. Where do we say this? The case is like this. Let's say a father dies, all right? And he has $500,000 worth of assets, of properties. He has two sons. Let's say an older daughter, so you don't have, you don't have the problem of Bechor. And now we divide it up. So now each one's supposed to get $250,000 worth of properties. Now if the father, before he died, left a will and said, I want these properties given to Ruvain, these properties given to Shimon, then there's no problem. Once it's given, it's given. Shalom al Yisrael, you don't have to worry. However, the father never identified specifically which properties go to who. So now we have to go ahead and arbitrarily allocate, obviously it has to make sense, but we do it. Now the problem is like this, since we're dividing it up, we don't know for a fact that that's the way the father would have divided it up, right? So therefore, Rabbi Yochanan is gonna tell us it's considered like people that purchase from one another. Whether or not this is what my father would have given me, doesn't matter. I'm letting you use a property A, I'm selling you property A, you're selling me property B. It's as if they make an agreement. Whatever our father would have divided, divided up doesn't really matter because if we're selling it to one another. We're, this is the agreement of how we're gonna divide it up. Says Rabbi Yochanan, the problem with that is, since it's considered like they purchased from one another, what happens on property that's purchased every seven years? If you have ancestral property that is, that is purchased, every seven years it goes back to the owner. Every seven years, 
I, I, I'm sorry, not, not, uh, not, not, not Shemitah, it's Ed Yovel, I'm sorry, Ed Yovel, I, I made a mistake. Ed Yovel, every 50 years, it goes back to the owner. I'm sorry, you're right. It goes back to the owner. So now the problem is, therefore, you would have to redo the allocation again every Yovel if it's not considered to be exactly what the father wanted. Now, this is a machlokas, but Rabbi Yochanan takes a position. There are opinions, if you hold a Breira, then you say is that the way we're dividing it up, that's the way the father would have wanted it to be divided, and therefore it's considered like Yorshim, like a Yerusha. It's as if the father had said, I'm leaving property A to A and property B to B, comes Yovel, nothing happens. But if you hold that you don't say Breira, then comes Yovel, it was only like a purchase, it has to go back and be redivided again. And Rabbi Yochanan holds of that position, it has to be redivided again, clearly showing that Rabbi Yochanan does not hold of Breira. If he doesn't hold the Breira, now you have a contradiction. He's passing like the Tznuim, and we're saying the Pshat and the Tznuim is what will be taken, which means you hold the Breira, yet Rabbi Yochan himself does not hold the Breira. That's the Kasha. So when it says, The brothers that divided the Yerusha, considered like purchasers, and it returns, it's redivided again, reallocated again by Yovel. So therefore, we're back to problem number one. How could he paskin like the tznuin? If you got a paskin like the tznuin, Mimonavshah. If they said what will be divided, what will be taken by the um, by the passers-by, then you have to rely on Breira. Rabbi Yochan doesn't hold a Breira. If it's talking about what was taken, then the problem over here is that you can't paskin like the tznuin. Rabbi Yochan holds if it's not in your domain, if you don't have control over it, if it's not within your control, you cannot effectuate any kind of change over it. So they have a, how could they say, we're going to go ahead and redeem it if it's no longer in their control? So, let's go back to what we said before on kolanilkat, anything that was taken. Ah, you have a problem. That's right. Reish Lakish said, like we said before, that they don't agree with Rabbi Yochanan. Ah, it's a Stam Mishnah or it's a Shit of Rabbi Shimon Gamlil. How could Rabbi Yochanan paskin like that? Rabbi Yochanan stam achrina eshkach. The thing is, Rabbi Yochanan found a different stam mishnah. Meaning like this, Rabbi Yochanan usually rules like a stam mishnah. But where you have two different stam mishnahs, then he has to rule. When they're arguing, obviously goes with one stam mishnah over the other stam mishnah. That's what happened over here. This stam mishnah that holds you can effectuate in the sheet of the b'tznuim a pidyon over something that you no longer control, not like Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan has a different stam mishnah. You want to know where that stam mishnah is? Where is that stam mishnah? Baba Kama Perek Maruba. We just we had that. It's the opening Mishnah in Baba Kama Perek Maruba. What is it? The Snan. That if a thief B steals from thief A, the thief B does not have to pay Kaful. Why? So Amai. Why doesn't he pay Kaful? Now Bishlam Laganav Rishon Lamashalam. I understand thief B doesn't pay Kaful to thief A. Why? Because thief A is not considered to be the owner of it. You don't have to pay Kaful. This is going to be Vesa Ish. Only if you steal from the owner do you pay kaful. Not if you steal from another thief. So I understand why there's no kaful. Fine. I understand. But the question you have to ask yourself, why doesn't thief B have to pay kaful to who? Who should he pay kaful to? The original owner. Why doesn't he pay kaful? He's stealing from it now. It's a, he stole a new miser's gneva from the original owner. Ella must be, you know why the original owner can't demand Kefal? Because the original owner is, not, does, is lacking in his ownership. What is he lacking in his ownership? 
He doesn't have control over it. Why doesn't he have control over it? Because where is the item when thief B stole it? <coughs> That's where you see Rabbi Yochanan says, and it's a star Mishnah. That's a star Mishnah. If you don't have control of it, on some sense, you're lacking in ownership. That's why he can't be Makdish. That's why he doesn't get the Kefal. That's why he can't do the Pidgin. That's why he cannot be Mafkir. That's where Rabbi Yochanan gets it from. So therefore, Shmamina, from here you yearn, here is Zelefish Einab Shalom. The thief A cannot, the thief A you don't have to pay Kefal to because the thief A doesn't own it. But Zelefish Einab Shuzan, the reason why you don't have to pay the original owner, because he doesn't have it in his control anymore. So Morris is fine. So we have two star Mishnahs. The one of the Tznuim, alright, they have that Mishnah of the Tznuim, but you also have the Mishnah here in Merubah. But the one wants to know, okay, how does Rabbi Yochanan know which star Mishnah to Paskin like? It's two star Mishnahs. How do you know choose one over the other, right? So Gemara says like this. Uh, from what did he see what made him the Azil Basar Stama that he followed the Stam in Merubo, Lavid Kai Stama, why don't we go by the Stam Mishnah of the Tsnuim? The Tsnuim. Mishum the Messiah because Rabbi Yochanan felt that that's, that's the in Perak Meruba is supported by a posset, whereas the Tsunuin's position is not. What is the posset? The posset talks about Ishki Yagdish's Beso. The person consecrated his house. Now, why does it pick a situation where you consecrated your house? Why do you have to pick out all examples of anything you consecrate? Why does it have to be your house? Kaddish Lashem, Kaddish Lashem. Ma Beso Beshusa, because your house is under your control to teach me. In order to be Magdish, you have to have control. Avko Beshusa. Since he felt that, that drosha very much supports the position in Meruba, that's why the stam in Meruba is how he paskins and not like the stam of the Tznuin. Amar Abayah. So Abayah says like this, you know, he loved Amr and if it wasn't for the fact that Rabbi Yochanan said, Tznuin v'rabdaisa, Amru davar echod, that the Tznuin v'rabdaisa are of the same position, then I would have been able to get out of the problem without having to introduce a new star Mishnah, and I could have made it work that Rabbi Yochanan could actually even go like the Tznuin. How could that be? Hava amino, I would say is like this. That Snuim is Luhud Rabidoso, that Snuim are in a position, they agree with the position of Rabdosa, but Rabdosa lays the Tznuim, but Rabdosa does not agree with the position of the Tznuim. Now, uh, let me explain to you what, 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 uh, what Abaya is saying. What Abaya is saying is like this is that Rabbi Yochanan made it impossible to say that he can go like the Tznuim because he said the Tznuim and Rabdosa both agree with one another. That made it difficult because the Chorah, how can you then redeem something or, or, or be mafker something that is no longer in your control? And that created the problem. But if, in fact, Rabbi Yochanan did not make that statement, I could say, you know what the Pshad is, that, that you know what happens over here is the reason why you're able to eff effectuate either the case of Pidyon or the case of Hefker is not because that's your right to do, it's not based on basic halacha, it's based on a takonus chachamim. That maybe the chachamim did this in order to avoid a person to be able, for, to violating an iser. What koach is that? Chachamim have an ability of transferal of ownership through hefker based in hefker. They can say, even though it's yours, we can make it belong to someone else, we can go ahead and make it hefker. We can make something hefker. Now, how would that work? So he says like this. So you could say, how do we see there's a takonah? Because Rabdosa 
does not necessarily hold, hold of the tznuin. Rav Dosa said that when do you do this? You do this for the poor people that don't know the halacha. They buy the case of Leket. They pick up three, they don't realize it's, it's only by two. Maybe that's where the Chachamim went ahead and made the Takana. So for the... For the for the, uh, for, for the Aniyim, they made a Takana based in Hefker, based in Hefker. Whereas, but they don't agree, Radosa doesn't agree with the Tznuim's case. By the Tznuim's case, it's not Aniyim, it's passerbys that, passer that's trespassing in your property to go ahead and to make a Hefker based in Hefker, a Takana for a guy that's stealing. We wouldn't have made necessarily Hefker based in Hefker to avoid having stealing where the guy himself is trespassing. So maybe like this. So I'd say that Radosa holds the Takana only works for the case of Leket, but it doesn't work for the case of Kerem Ravai. The Tznuim are, are, are more liberal. They hold the Takana is to avoid people making Averis, both in our case and for sure in the case of Rabdosa. Now that, the way Tosin explains, that's the way you could have said, which means they don't hold the same thing. It's the same idea, but they apply it in different cases. Now that you could say, if we see there is a Takana, how would you say there's a Takana? Because Rabdosa only said the Takana by the case of the Aniyim. He doesn't say it by the case of the passerbys. Then you could say the machlokas is where you apply the takana. That's how I would have said. Now, if it's only a takana, then you would have no problem in Rabbi Yochanan because it's not working with, because you have a right to be mafkis something you don't control or be poda something you don't have control or be mafkis something you don't have control. You don't have that right. But the way it's working now is because of Hefka based in Hefka. But now that Rabbi Yochanan says, that to explain to us like this. Now that Rabbi Yochanan said they both hold the same thing, means it works in both cases. You can't say there's a takana going on. So how's it working? It's worse because you do have the right to do it. You do have the right to do it. That causes a contradiction with the position of Rabbi Yochanan. So let's see it inside. So says the Gemara. So therefore, if it wasn't for the fact that Rabbi Yochanan said, Rabbi Rabbi Dosa, Echod, Hava, I mean, I would have said, Snuim is Lahud Rabdosa. The Snuim agree with Rabdosa, but Rabdosa lays with the Snuim. But Rabdosa doesn't have to agree with the Snuim. Snuim is Rabdosa. They hold the Takana works. Mabiganav Avdiv, they made the Takana for a Ganav to protect the Ganav from making Avera. In the case of the passerbys, Avdi Rabbanu Takanta, Anim, Fuanim, for sure, they would make the takana. And for Abdoza, lays the tsunim, but Abdoza does not hold of the tsunim because, does not hold of the, uh, the tsunim because Anim would drive the Rabbanu takana. We're going to make it for Anim, will protect them from doing a veira. About Ghana, but a Ghana to do a takana to protect the Ghana, lo avdullah Rabbanu takana, they would not make that takana. That's how I would have explained it. It would not have been contradiction to Rabbi Yochanan. Now that Rabbi Yochanan said that tsunim and Abdoza hold the same thing, you can't explain it necessarily. It's based on a takana. Then it comes out being a contradiction to Rabbi Yochanan. Again, if it wasn't for the fact that he said they both hold the same thing, I would have said a different pshat. You know what the pshat over here is? The reason why Rabbi Yochanan is not, uh, uh, it, it, it does not praskin like the Tznuim, and the pshat in the Tznuim is a whole different pshat. The pshat in the Tznuim, it's going like Rabbi Meir. It's going mantan at Tznuim, is Rabbi Meir. Now, how does it, what does it help you to say it's going like Rabbi Meir? Remember, what is the case of the Tznuim? We're dealing with Kerem Ravai. Kerem Ravai has the same status as Meiser. Meiser Shani, actually. There is a machlogs in Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim, whether Meiser Shani, who owns Meiser Shani? The Chachamim say the farmer owns his own Meiser Shani. He says, you can make a Kaddish and Isha with Meiser Shani. Rabbi Meir says, no. Meiser Shani, 
is Momen Gavot. Belongs to Momen Gavot. Hashem allows you, if you take it to Yerushalayim, you pour it onto money, then you can have it. Same thing will be by Kerem Ravai. But who owns it? According to Rachamim, it's owned by the farmer. According to Rabbi Meir, it's owned by the Momen Gavot. Now, very interesting thing is the din is that if you be your poda, Maiser Shemi, or Kerem Ravai, onto money, if you're the owner, you have to add a fifth. If you're doing it for someone else, you don't have to add a fifth. It means if you're being poted. Now, Lechora, how does that work according to Rav Meir? Because you're not the owner. The owner is Shemayim. So you see that even though you're not the owner of it, Hashem says, for my Sashani purposes, of a Kerem Ravai purposes, I consider you to be the owner. So Memegula, you have a problem over here. How do the Tznuim allow that the person could put down money and say it uh, after it was already taken, that whatever he has, the money should be uh, transferred. Not a problem. It's going like Rav Meir. Rav Meir, anyway, you're not the owner. It's in Shemayim. But in Shemayim, they said, we look at you like the owner. So maybe normally you need Shalom and you need Vershuso in order to have ownership. Just over here, anyway, it's not yours in Shemayim. So therefore, maybe over here you don't need Vershuso either. Because not even Shalom. It belongs to Shemayim. So therefore, if it wasn't for Rav Yochanan, I could have said, the Tana that's new is Rav Meir. But I can't do that anymore. Because he compared the Tznuim to Rabbi Dosa. Rabbi Dosa is not talking about Kerem Ravai or Maizah Shane. So once you say that, I can't give that explanation. That's what Rav is saying. So when it says like this, so therefore, Mantan Tznuim, Rav Meir he, it's Rav Meir. Love am Rav Meir. Rav Meir not say that Momen Gavoa he, that Maizah Shane, and as we're going to see in Kerem Ravai, is considered Momen Shamai and Momen Gavoa. Vathilu Hachi, and even so, when it comes to redeeming it, Hashem made it like it's yours. If a person redeems his maestro, Yosef Olav, he has to pay a fifth. So, Hashem calls it your maestro, even though it's not yours, it's Shemayim. You have to add a fifth. The same thing would apply by You compare the word Kodesh is written by Maiser Shani. You compare it to 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 uh, Kodesh By by it says the words Kodesh Yilulin. Kodesh. who Kodesh. Ma Kodesh Yosef Gavim Meiser, just as the Kodesh by Meiser, Avul Gav the Momen Gavvoa, who even though it's Momen Gavvoa, Leinian Pedia, when it comes to redemption, Alkmei Rachmana B'Shus Hashem considers like it's yours. Av High Kodesh Nami, so to the Kodesh that's written Gavet Kerem Ravai, Avul Gav the Lav Momen Today, even though it's not actually your Momen, Leinian Achule concerning redemption, Alkmei Rachmana B'Shus consider like it's in your domain, and therefore even if the guy took it, you still have the capacity. To go ahead and transfer the kedusha to Haki Isa Bishusa, because even when it is in your domain, Halavdi Day, it's really not yours anyway. Lavdi Day, who? Bahamatimachan, still Hashem allows you to redeem it. Mishumachi Matimachan, so too here you're able to redeem it even if it's not in your domain. Aval, but by Leket, which is the case of Rabbi Dosa. That is your mamon. Maybe only if it was in your domain would you be able to make it hefker or transfer status on it. You'll be able to mafker. When it's not in your mafker. But now I can't give that answer. Why can't I give that answer? Because of Yochanan said that the Tznuim and Rabbi Dosa hold the same thing. Amar Ravina, same light. 
Elav the Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Snuin the Rabbi Dosa Amr Daber Echad. If they'd not say that Snuin of Dosa said the same thing, Hava Amino, I could have said Mantana Snuin. Who is the Snuin? It is Rabbi Dosa. It, he made it clear that that's not the same because they saying the same thing means they're not the same person. But I, the way I would have learned it is that the Tznuim is Rabbi Dosa. Now, why would that have helped me? So therefore, because this way you wouldn't have a Kash Rabbi Yochanan. Because when Rabbi Yochanan passes like a Stam Mishnah, it's only in a Stam Mishnah that is held by multiple opinions. But a Stam Mishnah of a Das Yochid, he does not have to Paskin like. So therefore, Rabbi Yochanan Kastam Yechido, a Stam Mishnah that's only going like one opinion, Lama, he didn't go like that opinion. So if I would have learned that Snuim is Rabbi Dosa, then it would not come out of contradiction between Rabbi Yochanan's Psak, that it has to be Bershuso and the ruling of the Tznuim. I to stop Mishnah, not a problem. It's a stop Mishnah, which is the opinion of Rabbi Dosa, and therefore would not have been problematic. But now that he said that it's two different opinions, now you have to come on to a different answer to explain the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Gentlemen, have a good day. Can you see the last answer again?